0: Welcome to Change the Narrative. I'm your host, JD Fuller. I'm Susie Younger. An African-American licensed psychotherapist. I'm also a licensed therapist. We talk about the isms, we talk about the phobias, anything that marginalizes and oppresses. As a white woman, I ask the questions white people are too afraid to ask. Everything we are not and everything we are is because of fear. Through a a mental mental health lens, Susie and I will have difficult conversations with celebrity guests, political activists, and everyone in between. Our mind will tell us whatever we want to believe, but the truth lives in the body, and that's where change occurs. Are you ready to
1: change the narrative? Hallelujah. Victor Gabriel is back. We haven't seen him since he was here to talk about his short film, Black Boys Don't Cry, which he wrote and directed while at AFI. Well, he's back with his latest short film, Hallelujah, which made its premiere at, wait for it, Sundance 2022. To know that my skin makes me royal has been a journey, Victor says. Here's a super cool fun fact. JD, Vic, and I are all connected in a special way. Vic and I are colleagues. We went to Antioch together, where we both got our master's in clinical psychology, and JD safe to say, was our favorite professor. Then Vic took a step further and went to AFI and finished the MFA program. Impressive? Yeah. But just wait, he's just starting. We can't wait to hear what he's up to next. Welcome back, Victor Gabriel.
2: Thank y'all for having me again. I'm so excited to talk with you guys, man. You know what I'm saying? It's family, I'm back with the family, I'm back with the family. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love I it. it.
0: <laughs> it's so great to have you back, man. Oh, it's man, so great you. to have thank you me. back. Thanks again for agreeing to come back. And yeah. I have so many feelings watching yeah. your work. I have to watch it a few times, truth right. be told, because so yeah. many feelings come up. I find myself wondering about your thought process. So let's get right into it. Yeah. Talk to us about the journey. You know what I mean? Like, I, like While I'm watching, it, feelings are coming up, but then I'm also trying just like trying to get in your head and, and, yeah. um, I want to get ready and ask you. So what talk, talk to us about the transition in school after your first short, like, what was that like for you? So you, you did it. It was great. What happened? Um, I think what happened,
2: what happened was I was writing a script. I wrote a script, um, a feature script, and then it was pretty good, really good. And then that got me like, some representation, like an agent and a manager, and they all knew that I wanted to, like, turn it into a movie. I wanted to write and direct. And they said, if you're going to do that, you need to do a proof of concept short film. So I took some of the ideas from my feature script and came up with, like, a little... a story, story, like, in the world of my feature script, right? And so this short film that you saw is a proof of concept with the characters in the feature film. And... That's how it came about. That's how it came about, and so oh. was, yeah, and so it was a long process. Cause we shot during COVID. It was a long process to try to figure out like how are we going to? Cause we shot in my backyard, by the way. That was like my backyard and my neighbor's. Yeah, really? my backyard and my neighbor's front yard is what we like used. Is what we used. So it was just in the neighborhood and this just in the environment, and so that was really dope to do was also kind of scary. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it was weird. It was, it was really weird because I was like, can I pull this off? It was a lot of pressure. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I was just making it free with no, like, expectation. There was expectations for this from the beginning. Like, the expectation was it was going to be a proof of concept for my feature film, the feature script that I wrote, so we could package it and show it to people and be like, here's a script. Also, here's a short film that he did. And he's okay. trying to make me right. And it was really my yeah. first time doing something like this, you know, because uh, Black Boys Can't Cry was like basically five minutes. It was two days. It was like no dialogue. It was very visceral, mm-hmm. actually, for me and my DP sort of like it just came. It just kind of kind of dumped out of my soul. Right. Right. Um, whereas this was very complex. This is a very complex, very technical. I'm bouncing multiple genres, not multiple genres. I'm bouncing like comedy, tragedy, trauma. I'm trying nice. to be honest and authentic, but also a bit fairytale-ish. I'm trying to be, in, I'm trying to bounce innocence, resilience, like death, grief, trauma with some levity, you know? And I think that's just difficult. <laughs> that's just difficult to pull off, you know? Difficult, to, difficult but you know. And that's sort of in terms of like logistical process, in terms of like emotional process, really it's just me thinking, like I think we all just laugh at funerals What I always say, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we all laugh at very dark things. You know what I'm saying? I think all of us being therapists, I think we all know, at least for me, maybe maybe my style, maybe it's my style. Uh, but, but I always think, <laughs> I always feel like the funniest, my sessions with the most traumatized people can be some of the most funniest. It can be also some of the most emotional, but it can be also some of the most funny. I think AA meetings are hilarious. You know what I'm saying? I think meetings with addicts are hilarious. Like the stories they tell, all types of shit is crazy, you know? And I feel like I'm trying to like, like get to like the real dark, dark things that people talk about or don't want to talk about. But like also realize that there's also some humor in this that can help us connect to each other in a different way. I think humor can deflect. As we all know, we can use humor to deflect from real shit, but I think humor can also be a way to connect us deeper to each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I can't tell you the the this uh, the conversation I had with one client, well, one, one client a long time ago, and it was like, yes, and I was on meth, and I don't know what happened, and all of a sudden I woke up, and I was like, there's like three dudes in my bedroom, and it was like, it's like, hey, I, don't know. I think I was sucking dick. I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I was like, i was like, and he was laughing, and I was laughing. And it was just like this right. really dope way for him to connect with me about something like that happened. That he was like, man, I was doing this and I don't know. How to, and it was just, and I've always felt that humor allows us to be with each other in a different way. Like my mm. family talks about very violent, traumatic things and laughs about it. I've yeah. been with people and we got shot at and it was the funniest thing for like three weeks afterwards. You know, I still have memories of being poor, eating out of a trash can. And I thought that's still still a hilarious story to me. I was like, hmm, there was a pizza there. (laughs) And I was was like, why did I eat that? You know, and I'm trying to find, I'm not saying I've mastered it yet, but I'm trying to find that place that connects us as human beings and the place where we all sort of grieve together, sort of like Mm -hmm. in in the sort of like social unconscious, collective unconscious, where we all can grieve together, but where we all can like, I think, and I think, laugh. I think a little bit of humor tells me that that's a way we can connect, particularly for Black people. Black people are just very good at laughing. We're just very, we're just. I think that's one of our main ways we cope. Is like music and yeah. laughing at things. Very Definitely. crazy things that happen, and people are just like having jokes. So I'm trying to do something. Like I said, I'm not sure if I've yet fully mastered it yet, but I'm working towards. I'm still pushing towards like, and I'm adding the innocence. I want to be. I wanted to feel a little innocent, like a little innocent, like there's some resilience that happens with children. You know what I'm saying? I know we always talk about the loss of innocence. I think about how innocence maintains even if in the face of chaos and trauma. I mean, lots of innocence is lost for sure, but sometimes for a good number of people, I think innocence is still, is highly
0: resilient and doesn't like leave. And so I'm trying to combine. Yeah, no, them. I see that. I, it, look, it's very clear. Needless to say, you know, Susie and I are fans for life. Right,
1: right.
0: And so... Just loving you and loving what you're doing, it's incredible in and of itself. But then you add in the complexity, which I definitely saw in Hallelujah. I mean, I saw it in the first one too. I saw right. the first one. Right. Never so brief, still still complicated in and of itself. Right. But with this one, um, everything that you just said came to life. Yeah. Like you, you did that. You right. know, you maintain, and I don't want to give it away because it's just, it's so good. Oh, yeah, you know, it's fine. You the, yeah, well, you maintain the innocence of Hallelujah while also depicting how smart he is. Yeah. He's so smart, and he's, like, he's emotionally intelligent. Right. He's introspective and emotionally intelligent, and he's trying to figure it all out. Mm. At the same time, being provocative, and, yeah. you know, way over his uncle's heads. They're just like... Yeah brother what are you doing right
2: right 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 (laughs) right.
0: but he's not so far gone that his little sister couldn't reach him yeah yeah and connect very intimate I mean I went between laughing and crying you know just back and forth because that's how perfectly really I'm not even being hyperbolic like how perfect the timing was between Uh each action and uh so well done so I see why Sundance, not that I believe in awards, make my disclaimer, it's great because it's great, <laughs> but I also right. see how it's seen, you know what I mean? And it helps, listen, it helps, it helps. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. It's, an, it's a means it's to an helpful.
2: End. It's helpful, I'll tell you yeah.
0: that. I'll tell you that for real. And, and no, you got to uh, get to Craig.
2: Yeah, I love, I, but you're right, I love what you're saying because I, I I think that, yeah, he's just a smart kid. He's trying to figure out what he's I don't, I don't mind if we. I don't mind. If, no, I don't mind. We can spoil. We can spoil all day. I mean, like he's dealing with suicidal thoughts. He's like there's death. There's killing. Like all these things. I'm like he's just like a little kid. He's like what's what's happening? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? <laughs> and maybe his uncles. I don't know. Maybe his uncle's so desensitized that like I think I think yeah. I try to, I try to make them like more stereotypically like black male hood. You know what I'm saying? Like more what we would think of a stereotypical black male. You know what I'm saying? And then make yeah. him sort of odd and then have like the clash of things in, a, in, in, like in Compton, you know what I'm saying? And like. Yeah.
0: But you did it, something else, Vicky, you did something else. You, you made them, you know, desensitize in a, in a way that African-American males have right. to move through the world. They, right. they have to, it's, it's a coping strategy, it's a survival skill. So 100%. they have no choice but to move through the world in that way. Yet. Yeah you were also able to show what really exists within them, you know, right? Because there was like this bravado, but at the same time, you saw the depths of the sensitivity. You saw their panic. You saw their emotion. And that, again, just another complexity that's just so smart and so Afrocentric, which I appreciate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I know J.D., we've talked before, like, just about Black, just in our personal Mm -hmm. conversations, it's like Black men having to be a a certain way. I actually had a conversation with someone just the other day about men and black men, and I was like, "Well, the same thing I'm saying is that I don't think black men are really allowed, and it's actually it could be dangerous. It could be dangerous to lower your defenses. You know what I'm saying? So you're asking right. black men, you're asking black men to be more in tune and to be more. That's the thing. Tell black men to go to therapy. Do da. You know what I'm saying? Black men should do this. And I'm like, well, you, you're asking them to do something which is potentially dangerous and is very specific to being a black male. Like, do this and what happens? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, right. this what happens. Um, not to mention the requirement of black men. Like, protect black women isn't just like a phrase out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, black women have, right. always, black women have always required. Now, whether or not we do a good job that or not, I'm not saying black men do a good job. But black, protect black women is... is A phrase that indicates to me a black woman have always required of their men to protect them, you know what I'm saying, in some way, whether emotionally, spiritually, physically, et cetera. And have we been up to task? I mean, looks like what I'm hearing is not, what I'm hearing is not, you know, and so I feel like I ask myself, why is that the case? I'm like, I, it's, difficult to protect when you hate yourself i think it's difficult to protect when you when you're when you're in bondage it's difficult to do these things so i'm just attempting to figure out the ins and outs of being a black male and like i would love to restore us to our former greatness whatever that means but i like us to, uh, to, to to something you know what i'm saying and like gotta tell you jD i like for black men and black women to just to be in, in harmony again you know what i'm saying i like for us to just be, be with each other one more time, you know, um, and, also be with, and also be with the world. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, look, you know, as you said, you and I have gotten into depth about this. It's so layered that I think yeah. I think it's a misnomer. What's happening on the Internet now is it's it's a big black men. You need to do this black men. You need to do that. And I don't I don't think it respects the nuances. It doesn't tell the complexity of the story. It doesn't tell the many ways in which black men have to be. It just right. says do this you know, as yeah. if it's another task. And it right. doesn't really right. give the whole picture, which I think is is problematic because it, it makes Black men feel like you're still not doing things. And and Black men, women, you want too much. And that's the narrative that, you know, the media runs with. Uh, and the minute they see, you know, what's one of the first things they said this week was the newly um, elected judge, uh, Kintaji, Kintaji, am I saying it right? Kantaji. they said, her husband uh, supported her in the way in which a husband should support a, his wife. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, wow. So this week we're going to compare the lives of black men to all white right. men who happens to be a white husband in this situation as the idealized, like, do they ever get tired of finding ways to black men in our country? And the answer is no.
2: Not at all. Shout to Katanji though, but yes. Right. <laughs> Shout out to Katanji, but I, I, I agree. It's 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 difficult. And I think I've tried to... I don't know. Um, I, I don't know, man. I don't know, I don't know. I'm trying to be as authentic as I can in this conversation. I think I feel tired of some of the discourse. I think the discourse has exhausted me. I feel more exhausted. Probably maybe because it's an internet thing. I don't know, but I feel more exhausted with the discourse. And I'm trying my best to just, like... How can I be, how can I just do my thing? I guess, how I know, I know. How can I do my thing? My little piece and my little part and how I can figure out like, here's what I can do over here. And how can I figure out what's going on with like black men and black people creatively and therapeutically, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can I figure this out? Then how can I get us to be more honest? I desire more so than everything for us to like, not being bold to how white people tell us to talk about things more and more. So I'm, I, I'm, 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 more and more. And, but like, I read, I really don't, I really don't like, I really get frustrated when I feel like we're talking about our shit in the way that non-black people wants to talk about it, you know? Oh, and I
0: then,
2: and, and, I, and I get very frustrated even, and I get very frustrated. And so I think even hallelujah, I think, well, While I was making when I was writing it, i I felt that little I felt a little I felt a little like in the back of my head the it needs to be like this. don't offend this and not that it's a defensive movie, but I'm no, saying I, mean, I could still feel I could still feel like the the like, hey, you should do this or you should do this, or you should do this. Or, you should add this. you blah blah I, I, I felt it when I was writing it, and i that was difficult for me to like just sidestep, you know what I'm saying. And I just wanted to be as honest. And sometimes me being honest is like, I want to be able to talk about like the violence in our communities without feeling this, like, I need to like hedge it because white people are listening.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? But, like, reality, no, but that's reality. <laughs> I
2: want to talk about like, yo, hey, black, hey, 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 bro. Like you out here, right. shooting people, like what the fuck you doing, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to yeah. talk about the real... But it feels so difficult. It feels so difficult <laughs> because then it's like on one end, I make white, but see, he's talking about right. black. He's saying, he agrees with black or black violence. Right. You know what I'm saying? He, he agrees. Yeah. Or, or like, see, he's doing, like, has a, I don't know. I don't know, man. It just, it feels weird. It feels weird for me. Well, you know look, what I'm saying? Look, Vic, let,
0: let's start with the, like, let me just, let me yeah. just get in here. Yeah. Let's start with the fact that there is, Every community crime against their own community within their own yeah, community, sure. but yet it's for phrased sure. as black on black crime. That's 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 just you know how it how it starts off. So the minute you try right. to talk to your brothers in the community and have a conversation about it, all of a sudden the light is on black on black crime. When there's white on white crime, there's Asian Asian crime. There's yeah. there's crime. It's <laughs> crime. Crime is based in yeah. poverty, not in people. Yeah. So right. so it's problematic that the minute there's so many buzzwords that are ingrained in society. To catch people's attention to say, see, yeah. see, yeah. he's even talking about, you know, this shooting that happened as a big problem within the black community, as opposed right. to what it really is based in, which is poverty, lack, lack of resources, mental illness, all the things that are in every community, right. but more so in communities that are impoverished. That's that's right. what's problematic about what you're saying. And and this is what I'm saying, you know, you had this um this Will and Jada situation, which we we will not get into, but As a result of that, they wanted to talk about how the the new judge's husband behaved appropriately. And I was like, there's such a microscope on us. We can't do anything in the community without them finding a counter example of whiteness that was appropriate. And because he's married to a black woman, he gets to be idealized. It's just crazy. It's mind boggling. But it's so real. So what you're saying is completely accurate. Right, 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 right. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know, I understand the constraints that you feel. Yes, 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 yes.
2: Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood specific as I'm attempting to so I'm attempting to break in. You know what I'm saying? As I'm attempting to break in and, and, and make and make a name as I'm sort of trying to climb up the ladder. I feel the restraints and I just, you know, I think what always centers me, which is a gratitude. I'm just grateful for like the people, the people around me, you know what I'm saying? Um, Grateful for like being able to make movies if I can, and opportunities to make more movies, and taking meetings with with bigger companies. Um, I feel the constraints, but I also feel the gratitude, and I try to be centered in that. Right and now. I just try to, I just try to be like, I'm just gonna do me, and we'll see yeah. what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna do me, we'll see what happens. And I'm in a different place now. I think JD and Susie. I think, I think particularly JD knows because JD was a professor. I was turning up in your class on these white folks. <laughs> Listen, listen, I was turning up on these white folks in your class, man. I was turning up on I was turning up on white people in your class, bro. And um, as a look, I remember me and you had a conversation after was like, hey Vic, we know you gotta you got to work at that communication. You gotta you got figure out how to communicate a bit more effectively. Um, you know what I'm saying? So they can either they can hear you or just so you can be a better an, an effective communicator. And I, I I've, I've always taken that, and also I just realized like my own anger, how angry I was at that time. You know what I'm saying? How angry I was at that time for all types of reasons. And I feel getting a little older, um, seeing the world, getting more in tune with like class, a lot more, with a lot more of like the class issues that was that, that I'm seeing that seems to be mm-hmm. impacting us. I have a lot more under. I'm not gonna say, what do I have? I guess, here's what I want to say, here's what I want to say, here's what I want to say, which sounds funny. I should never be feeling sorry for white men. <laughs> I should, I should, bro, I, why do we, white women got me feeling bad for white men. Because I mean.
0: I'm a. You got I'm, me feeling bad
2: for white men, bro, I promise you, I promise, you. I, promise you. I be feeling I white like, men. these white men are getting it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. These white boys are getting wow. it right now. They can't do shit look,
0: right. we so, so yeah, because because patriarchy and white supremacy constructed in such a way that the feminist agenda, much to people's dismay, is uh, is is in cahoots with the protection of patriarchy, and so when it looks like their men are being you know, ridiculed, picked on, whatever. They find a way to come in and protect them because, in the end, it's protecting whiteness. It's in protection of whiteness. That's the construct. By any means necessary, they've taken ours and they've they've used it in that way. They have you feeling bad for, for white men. Yeah, for, just white just, <laughs> for white men. feeling bad for white men? Yeah. So so here's what's inter- Additionally interesting about that is. You know, that's where our own training in white supremacy takes over. This idea of we are constantly, you know, have internalized the messages at such at such a deep level that I call it internalized oppression. It's like racism's always at work telling us, don't say that. Don't do this. I mean, that, we've been trained in it. So I'm, I'm not surprised that you are wrestling with, boy, have some compassion. And at the same time. What does that mean? Why am I I feeling sorry for white men? I get it. I get it. It makes sense.
2: Yeah. I mean, and part of it's both. I think for me, for me, it's it's complex because I think it's both. It's like on one end, it's like, yeah, it's the it's like, you know, giving more space to like, you know, white folks. But also part of it's like. I think white women just got so bad. <laughs> I think white women got so bad that I'm like, like in, a, in like more of a, probably like more of a humorous way. I just be feeling bad. I am like, man, y'all gotta y'all, y'all got to deal with these cares. I don't, I don't have to tell you, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, as I look back over, as I look back over my life outside of like beautiful, like, I have like such beautiful the white women have been so just incredible to me. Um, there have been some of the My most, my most intense racial situations have been with white women. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah, like my most intense, yeah. my most overt. I guess I would say overt. Like, yeah, being called the N word. Anytime I've been called the N word has been by white, been, been by a white woman. Anytime, and so I've been like three times, three four times in my life. If I any like situation. I stole something, it was a white woman. I'm, I promise you, every time it's been with the white woman, there might have been one situation with a white boy, but it was like, nothing happened. Not, like nothing really happened, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I will say the white, white men have been more police stuff, which obviously is very, it's very intense. Right. The police stuff has been white men. Um, and and in, ter- in terms of like being stopped or being pulled over. But like, in terms of like just day-to-day interactions, the most intense stuff has happened via white woman. And so that's always, that, that's just, as an aside, that's just like a, this is like a, like, sort of like a funny anecdote to me. Yeah. So, For so. For sure.
0: No, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so that,
2: that, yeah. That has to be something.
0: Yeah. Say, so, look, look, you know, you don't have to say the white women who have been, incredible. you've you been incredible. So if people yeah. are incredible to you, it's, you yeah. know, you, you, you get back what you put up. And Boom, so it's it. an exchange.
2: It. I appreciate that.
0: It's an exchange of sorts. You've been very yeah. generous emotionally with people right. in the school, with friends you, you've obtained in your life. Nobody's done for you what you haven't given back. So let's just make that clear.
2: That's great to hear.
0: The other thing is, yeah, it's, it's very true. So I'm to shift gears a little bit to kind of have you work out of the duality, which you already do naturally. But I right. just want to, I want to name it. Sure. What goes on in the mind of a therapist sure. who's turned creative? So, the mind of a therapist that's turned creative. What what goes on in your mind about the stories that need to be told and why?
2: No one's framed it like that. But um, people people are like ask me like, "Oh, how was it sure. for you?" But what goes on in the mind of a the therapist who turns creative? Uh, shit. So, I want to say that on a maybe energetic level. There is certain, like, there's a certain, I mean, I think we all know what it means when we're in a session with someone, right? And it's there, you know, like the spirit's there, you know, you know, when it's one of those sessions, like, you know, like, the, like all the stuff is in there, all the messiness and all, it's, it's there. It's, it's, authenticity happening. Person is, they're, they're either they're dumping or whatever is happening, like you're connected. And I, I feel like, I feel like there's that, you no, know, there's that, there's that thing when people, I can feel people asking me, Vic, I'm suffering, am I going to be okay? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that, and that sort of like interaction, which makes me feel this, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, when someone's, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, like, but they're looking at me to like, they're, I'm authentically saying I'm in pain. Well, what am I going to do? Do you think I'm going to be okay, Vic? You know, and that's how honest they are. I feel out of my depth. And also I feel like a sense of like responsibility. You know what I'm saying? I also feel a sense of like, well, it's also not my responsibility, but 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 I feel the sense of like care. Like, wow, like I don't know, you know? And I feel that same sort of energy when I'm like writing and creating. Like there was this, weird, out of depth, like I'm attempting to figure out suffering and being a witness to suffering, but like make it entertain, but like trying to figure out what are the ins and outs. And it feels very similar to me when I'm in oh. session. There's, there's some similarities energetically that I probably didn't, I didn't think we're going to be there, right? Why? I didn't think we were gonna be there. And I would argue that therapy has been a big training ground, honestly, particularly active, yeah. particularly active well,
0: that makes so much sense. As you say that, what comes up for me is, you know, you've done, you've been doing your own personal work for a while yeah. you, you do work as a therapist and then yeah. it sounds like there's some, uh, permission for this authenticity to emerge that is right. collaborative right. between those two parts of self.
2: Yes. I think that's great. I think one, I would, that's- I would agree. I'd agree. agree. Um, I think someone in the sense if someone's invited me to do something and I'm inviting them. Into, it, into an experience. And I think yeah. is when you, someone's watching a movie, but also on set when I'm with actors and I'm with even the team, like I'm inviting everyone to do something that's, you know, can be scary. And particularly my brand of stuff that I'm talking about, which is on some level, always dealing with trauma and suffering, regardless if it's funny or dramatic or whatever, or entertaining, there's always a level of like trauma I'm attempting to like look at or suffer, human suffering I'm attempting to like, 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 think about, you know? And so on On that level, that's been, and like, surprisingly very similar. Surprisingly very similar. The same way I feel in session. The same way I sort of feel when I write. When I'm on set. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that's been helpful has been, like, when I went to AFI, was the amount of personal work that I did versus what everyone else did. So I would argue, like, I... And my level of expertise and craft was down at the bottom, but I like gained ground quickly. In my first, right. my first semester at AFI, and I think most of that was because of most of that was because of the amount of work I personal work I'd done, the amount of like introspection and awareness I had about the human experience, right? And so mm-hmm. that like jumped me up as I kept learning craft. Whereas others may mm. have been very had have had a lot of experience doing things, they probably did they probably were not as in tune with themselves and probably weren't as in tune with like other human beings as much as I was, I think, right? And so that was super
0: helpful. That was super helpful. Yeah. That was super helpful. Well, and let's not forget, let's not forget that you happen to be incredibly emotionally intelligent. Yes. It's yes. a big part of it. Right, 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 you know, right. That that's a big part A lot of people are a lot of people are book smart, but right. there's not a lot of people who are emotionally intelligent at the level that you are. So you came in having, you know, been in the process of this work, having this gift of emotional intelligence, and then having to learn the things you didn't know. But you put that right. together and that's a beautiful collaboration. So I, I just yeah, nothing yeah, but yeah. great things coming from you know. As we're talking I let's talk about on. the characterization.
2: Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Finish. Well, real quick, I just want to give a shout to my DP my um my cinematographer his Robert Hunter um he's native and indigenous and and he's like a very similar like I I should have told him to come on I should have told him to come with me to this thing I think you would have it'd been a great conversation this conversation me him had about him being indigenous and native and me being black and the way that we thought about images and pictures and like it's very he's very he's 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 a a kindred spirit JD so the next okay. one.
0: I love that. Well, now now you just gave me uh, an excuse to come back on. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'd love to have you both on. Yeah, would yeah. be great. So I want to talk about the characterization. Yeah, for sure. The casting, acting just so on on point. Like just so well done. I felt like I know these people. They felt like they were fam. And so talk about that. What, what was your strategy with developing these characters and picking in?
2: Um, well, it happened. Sort of. A lot of it sort of happened at the last minute. To be honest, it happened at the last minute. Really? Yeah. It was during COVID. It was during COVID when we shot. So some things, like I would say, Chetty, like like Rich, Richie Loco. He's like an Instagram comedian, and he was the guy with the bald head. You know what I'm saying? He's he's okay. actually he's yeah. actually like on insecure. He's not insecure. But my first AD. Oh, that's a for. Yeah. He's not insecure. My first AD knows him. And so, asked him, did a favor from me, asked him if he could come on. So, and that was really dope. Um, the other guy, the other guy, um, uh, paper that got the like little, little locks, he, um, another person had talked to him about me. So, those two people I got through other, I, I found through other people. Um, so, that was really good and just ended up. Initially, though, I kind of wanted, I had, I changed some things. So I wanted initially, like, for them to be like, both like gang bangers, basically. You know what I'm saying? Oh, she's so going. Okay. Hmm. Um, keep talking or what? Just keep... Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted both to be. I wanted both to be like gang banging. You know what I'm saying? And then, but yeah. they changed. They changed and they more they, they changed and they morphed as I kept like processing through. It ended up being a bit more like just expansive in terms of characters. Um, but I wanted I wanted them to be like. I wanted them to feel, like I said, like family. I wanted them to feel like a bit stereotypical. I wanted to feel like, oh, yo, I know that guy. Like, I know that guy. Like, he's the homie down the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to feel like that. Um, And as for the kids, well, the kid was always very specific. I knew I wanted Hallelujah the Boy to be, like, peculiar, (laughs) <laughs> I knew oh, he was always. He, I knew I wanted to be. I wanted to be odd. I wanted to be a bookworm. I want him to be very smart. I want because I. I like the idea of a a weird kid in a violent in in a, in a violent place. Like I like the idea of this weirdo kid in the place that's extremely violent. Like right? and that and that, that's always, that's always been like this weirdo bookworm kid. Like like what do you? It's so opposite of what we would think would be in mm-hmm. the. In the context, right? And so that, I think that sort of thing always uh, interests me for like a long time. Like this type of kid in this type of environment and how does this kid survive in this thing, right? And then I wanted them to be like the contrast between him and his uncles. Cause they're like, what the, what's up with this weird old ne- What's up with our nephew? He's so weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't take care of him. What, what? We don't know how to do, you know? It just amps up like they don't know what they're doing. Um, And then yeah, like, like, that. I love that. Yeah, I love that as the opening. Yeah, opening. yeah, and then and then Lila, the, the 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 little daughter. I mean, it was sort of like, the, like I said, the innocence, also like the innocence, and maybe even some of that maternal, that maternal thing. Even though she's just mm. a little person, like seven, mm. you know what I'm saying? Even some yes. of that maternal thing, even some of that, some of the energy I know that I get from my 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 black sisters and like. Um, my black female friends who like are supportive, you know what I'm saying? Like some of that, just like in, in the space of a little girl. So I was trying to figure out how to make it like, not a big thing, not over the top, but something that felt germane for like, a little girl might do. You know what I'm saying? Which is a bit, mm-hmm. innocent. she doesn't really know what's going on, but she kind of knows what's going on. Yeah. You
0: know
2: and she knows Right. On. And so, and yeah, that scene where she like, sort of like does face with him to like, get him out of his head, I think is a very powerful scene. Powerful. One of my, one of my, yeah, one of my more favorite scenes. Cause it's like, it says a lot without, without having to say a lot, right? Um, well, and,
0: and can I add, can I add that the fact that you just described it as that takes it even to a deeper level. This right. idea that she embodies the spirit of a black woman, the nurturing ability, the ability to fill the space as it's needed to be filled, when it needs to be filled. Uh, right. That's that's so profound, you know? And then it's all compacted into this little body.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. That's I great. mean, who I, the grown thought? Grown adult males are trying to get him to calm down and figure out what's up, and they all don't know what they're doing, and all she does is sit and, like, make faces, and he's okay, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's just very, very, like... Feel so very
0: visceral to me. That's great, Vic. I love that. You're such a deep well. I love yeah, it. Yeah. So, you. in a, in a, in
1: a, your own words, what does Hallelujah mean to you, and why was it important to? You? I think I think it's important. Uh,
2: well, I've lost a lot of people. I think death is something which. On. Like for whatever reason, I'm like I tend to think about death all the time, death and loss. I think about it all the time. Um, it's sort of like my thing, <laughs> you know, and not in a suicidal way, but just in a thing that like just in the thing, just in the thing, just in a thing that's like on my thoughts, like death and people dying and loss. And my personal losses, and I've lost, a little, I've lost a brother to gang violence. I've lost uncle or granddad. Just uh, we've all lost people, and. And I've always I think of like, man, like I'm almost like, how do I grieve? You know, and sometimes I don't grieve well and sometimes I do grieve okay. And so I'm always wondering, like, how do I grieve or how can I grieve their passing? And I think for me, on a basic level, it's just like I think for me it's like i I just want people to connect again with black men in a way that's like like yo, like we don't got it together, man. You know what I'm saying? Back to your original thing of what you said about being asked to do or show up a certain way. And I want to show up a certain way. and I want to continue to do, I want to do those things, but I also feel like I just want people to connect to our shit while we're forging ahead, while we're trying to hold my, our brothers accountable, while we're trying to hold our community accountable, while we're trying to be more protective and be more aware and do, I want also people to be like, like, yo, like, We, we got a heart out here, man, you know what I'm saying? And like, no one's teaching us. No one's teaching, no one's taught us. We're not allowed to feel nothing. And I just want people to connect to suffering within black men, um, black people and black people as a whole. Um, so it's important for me to show us suffer, to show, for, it's important for me to invite an audience to be a witness to our suffering in a way that's connected and not mm-hmm. a way that, in a way that's expansive and not in a way that's like pushing people away. I'm not trying to do that. Um, And also just, and also on a personal level, just a way for me to like process my own grief and process my own, my own losses and the people I've lost and, and honor those people. And thirdly, and thirdly, just like it's, I I said this last time we were here, it's just big for me to like make people proud of me. You know what I'm saying? Who supported me. I'm saying Um, people like you, like it's just important that for me, that people are proud of the work that I'm doing And that my people know that my people who've invested in me get like a return. That's weird. But I want the people who've invested in me to be able to be like, oh, yo, that's my brother. That's my that's my son. That's my my cousin. That's my friend. That's my mentee. That's my blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, look, look, you know what I'm saying? I get I get happy when my people are excited because they see me on something that makes me happy. It's hard for me to celebrate myself, but I feel very excited when I know like j d or Suzy, excited like Oh, good job. you know what I'm saying that makes me happy because the people who invest in me, I feel like they get a little bit. you know what I'm saying they get to they get to have a little bit like I know yeah. and so for me those are those are
0: big too that's big. well, you know, look, that's a part of your generosity. It's also yeah. you know finally believing you're deserving, which right. I can't think of another person who's more deserving. It's also us mirroring what we want you to feel inside right you know the more excited i am for you i think it's contagious and you start to see you know this this is a thing like i'm doing yeah, a thing yeah. here and it's yeah. an important thing. you know it's important look i love that you center your work and values and your blackness i i think right. that we were drawn to each other right away because of right. that and right. you know we started talking about this a little bit but i just want to elaborate it as we start to wind down are you ever worried that you'll have to adjust that in an industry that uh as to in order to draw a broader audience? Because of, as you said, you know, you gotta make concessions, you gotta deal with the the constraints. You can't necessarily tell the story you want to tell yes. the way you want to tell it. Are you ever worried about that? Yeah.
2: I'm worried about that now because I know that here's the thing, uh I I'm a backup because if I say if i I'm gonna make so I'm gonna make sure I don't come off. Not like I'm not thinking, I'm not being sensitive or empathic. i want to back up to say, I think that's why I feel like Black people, we got to be able to be okay to talk about our things with us and not invite other yes. people into the room. I don't want to invite white women or white men into, our, into dealing with us. I'm super fine being held accountable by Black women. Black women can hold me accountable. Right? I want to feel like I can hold black women accountable too. I want to feel like I can hold my black children accountable and I want them to feel like they can hold me accountable. Like, Hey Vic, black men, y'all, y'all messing up. Y'all not doing what y'all said y'all supposed to do. Okay. I want that conversation to be with us though. Right. Right. But my, my fear is be because then I want to say, Hey, I just want everyone to know that there's a black male experience that's specific to us and no one else deals with these specific things, homelessness, Being indicted, police brutality—the love, the metrics when it comes to those things are specific to Black men, and there's no one, no one's coming to save us. There's no one that, there's no, there's not a white, not a white woman, not a white man, not a Black woman can save us from that. And Skid Row is half Black men. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I work. Mm -hmm. There's no no way around it. There's no, there's no, there's no way around it. And the indictments, the indictments, and arrests are police brutality. Like this, this happens to only us. Right. And I feel yeah. like sometimes I'm not allowed to say that. Right. And I feel part yeah. of this part is because we've invited we've invited. I have to tell you, we've invited um, some of this, some of this white feminism. to. to <laughs> I have to tell you, you invite some of these white feminists because they, they'd rather not they'd rather not be held accountable for like, well, listen, here, white lady. You do know that that like Emmett Till I killed because of y'all. <laughs> you do know that. You do know that. Right. You did not know right, like, and I feel and so. I feel like I want to have a conversation with us, because then I can sit there and take it from a black woman telling me, "Hey, Vic, this is what y'all, this is how I felt. I didn't feel protected. I felt like you were violent, like blah blah blah." And I'm gonna sit and take it and eat it, and as I should, mm-hmm. right? And I can hold my bros accountable, but I also want to be like, "Here's hers, here's our experience, and here's what happens." Um, so my fear is that. Uh, as I'm moving, has I'm moving forward. That sometimes maybe the stories I want to emphasize won't, I won't be allowed to say them, right? I have like a pilot and feature I'm working on right now, which is pretty intense. This is it's pretty intense, and I, I don't know. Part of wonder wonders like, eh, they might, this might be, a, this might be a bit too radical. It might be a bit too radical. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It might be a bit too radical. Like I think about the uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was a great, good movie. But be honest with you, be honest with you, um, how they handled, like, his politics, I think, was watered. Yeah.
1: Like, was, water. Well, was
2: water. Like, what he was, like, I was like, do you know what he was really saying? He was, yeah. you know what he was really saying? Like, it felt a bit like, and I don't know if that was because they had to. You
0: know what I'm saying? I don't know that I mean, How could it not be? Come on, Vic. How could it not be? How could it not yeah. be? You know, and, America is not ready for the real, full story. It's why I get challenged on social media, like, you're not oppressed anymore. Victimhood, what did somebody say the other day? Victimhood is is very appealing. It's like, what are you talking about? It's just, they just are not ready to hear yeah. the full impact of the story and the details, which is why we have to chop it up and deliver it the way yeah. that it's delivered. So I, I find it hard to believe there wasn't yeah. constraints on that, speaking
2: yeah, which is a and it was a good movie. I still loved it. I still loved the movie, but I always yeah, wondered like they, they 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 kind of they kind of you know kind of diet it was it was, it was diet Black Panther <laughs> it was it was low calorie Black Panther it was a low calorie Black Panther movie. You know what I'm but they did what they could. I, like, I felt so bad. Like man, you probably did the best they could. I get this. <laughs> I'm surprised to let them do that. So I was. I mean, it was a good movie and I, you know, but I think about stuff like that.
0: No, I, I, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't think you're making that up at all. Let me ask you, why are both films so important? Uh, Well,
2: I think artistically they show like my growth from like where I was at, which was Mm -hmm. anger, a lot of, just a lot of, I think I was in my, in my shadow. Like I think black boys can't cry is a lot of my shadow. Okay. A lot of my shadow work which is just a lot of pain, abuse, um fear, like and it's just I'm dumping it. You know what I'm saying? I'm dumping it, right? And I think I had to do that in order to get to something which probably has a bit more light and hope, but still maintains okay. a lot of the a lot of the like the pain but has a lot more hope to it, right? A little more light to it. And I think I needed to. So the, for me, they're important because one probably has just that's where I was at at the time. And this one, Hallelujah, is a lot, probably a lot more like how I am in real life, which is both, mm. which is both like funny, dark, angry, like emotional, but like light, you know, and hopeful. Mm-hmm. Like I think it represents my personality a lot more like how I actually show up in real life, like Hallelujah does. Whereas Black Boys Can't Cry is like the dark parts of me. Like the dark hidden parts of me, you know what I'm saying? Like the dark, painful suffering that I don't either let people see or I just, like, walk around with it. Both are and
0: important. So, both both are equally important. I love how you phrase that, but I want to do some reframing here. I want yeah. to do some reframing. Uh, I never thought you were angry. You were never angry. You were in pain. And so the idea that you brought your pain into a mental health for format <laughs> to – you know, uh, show your pain was completely appropriate. So I don't, I don't want to. I want to move away from that. You weren't angry. You were dealing with your pain in a mental health environment. It's the way it's supposed to be. And the second thing is that these are not dark parts of yourself. These are healing parts. There's, there's nothing. Uh, you know, the way that dark is used is the way. Language about color is used. It's always, you know, dark, negative, um, you know, as if it's something that was wrong or is wrong. It's not wrong. It's right. healing. And it is showing uh, vulnerability to share these right. parts of your So I just wanted to reframe both of those things to oh, let it be you. known that, you know, you. yeah. I receive it. I
2: you know, receive it. Nothing- um, I receive that. I receive yeah. that. I yeah, think and- I think, I think, I think, yeah, it's interesting reflecting on the language that I'm using as you, as you, is it, it's interesting you pointing out the language I'm using as I reflect on it because I, yeah, I, I agree with you. At the same time, I'm like, anger is also powerful.
0: And there's nothing wrong with anger. There's nothing wrong with anger. I just want to be careful of depicting a period of your life as angry. That means yes, you know, yes, yes, yes. You're, no,
2: I you did represent that. I, I was in a lot of pain. I for sure was, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I think that Black Boys Can't Cry had a lot of had a lot of that had a lot of that, which was powerful and good for me to get it out in a very cathartic manner. Um, and Hallelujah is probably a lot. Again, Holly's a lot more like. Part of stuff I wanna well, I do want to make black, I do want to make both things, right? I do want to make both things just in different ways. But Hallelujah is more how I am out in the world, if that makes any sense. Yes. Like I present a yeah. lot more like that short film. Like that's I think people meet me. They if they watch the film and meet me, they'll like, Oh, that makes sense. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that, like those connect. Like, like I, I, I think I'm like that.
0: Um, so absolutely. Absolutely, you're like that. You're like all of that. And I want yeah. to say something else. I know I've said to you before, but it warrants repeating. Initially, I was sad when you were not going to be a therapist. Initially, right. I felt like, oh, my God, what a loss, man. Right. We so right. need, you know, we so desperately need a black male with your level of racial identity awareness, with your level of emotional intelligence, The, you know, in the mental health field. What you bring to the mental health field can't be taught. Right. You know. So I felt a, a real loss and I had a period of grief. However, I've completely accepted the fact that you need a larger audience. You need, to, you need to be seen and you need to have a much bigger stage to fulfill your purpose. So that's where I am now. And I wanted to share that with you because. I
2: Thank you. Need to be fair, I'm not going to not be a therapist. I'm just probably. Not gonna do, like, a lot of one-on-one.
0: But I'm always, I'm always still going to do groups. Like, that's not... Exactly. And, and you're always a therapist. Yeah. So it's not that you've abandoned it. And you have... Talk about the group that you have. Yeah, black, my Black male trauma group. We've actually put it on hold
2: because I was doing the Sunday. But I should be restarting in, like, another month or two. And it's a Black male trauma group, which is Black men come together and basically just process our trauma with each other. Um, and it's super powerful. It can be, it's funny. It's, ve- it's, it's very much similar to the movie, which is, it's a lot of funny moments. It's a lot of shit talking and a lot of like moments where people are just crying and expressing like a lot of pain. And it's, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful when black men get together and just like unequivocally are with each other in whatever ways. And we just figure it out. We just figure it out. Um, I always say there are no heroes, man. There's no heroes for us. No heroes for Black men. No one's coming to save us. No one's coming. And so we got to figure it out together. And, and and hopefully, as we figure it out together, we can show up better for our, for our women and our children and our communities. You know what I'm saying? Because they need us. They need us. And they're asking for us to be better. And I, I, want, to,
0: I want us to be better. I, I think that I, I love my, my Black brothers. I will never ever talk poorly about them publicly. It's just, it's not what I do. I think there's a lot of healing uh, to be done amongst us. And I, as you do not like when people who are not in our community chime in with their opinions, your opinions aren't there to get us reparations. Your opinions aren't there to do anything we need to do in terms of white supremacy, then I don't, we, we don't need your opinions regarding right. anything that happens. Right. So I love what you're doing in this group. I think it is so important. It's so important. It really is amazing. Right. So tell us what's next for you and where people can find you before we sign up. Um, well, it's pretty simple. Just find me on IG
2: um, where Kings reign is exactly how it's spelled. Um, and all the stuff that I'll be doing will be, out update people on there like when i have in my next group or when something else is coming up currently i'm just doing revisions i'm doing like rewriting my feature script i already had a feature script uh i have i've had meetings with companies and people um so i'm just taking meetings for like maybe some writing gigs because i'm still broke you know i'm saying so i'm looking for writing gigs i'm taking meetings with some production companies who want who might want to help out the feature so that's sort of where we're at like Trying to make a feature, man. Try to make a feature film, and it's gonna happen. Um, just waiting for when everything like clicks in. You know what I'm saying? So really, that's what it is.
0: It's gonna happen. It's gonna oh for happen.
2: sure. I mean, and like I said meetings are already happening. Big meetings are already happening as we speak. So we just we, we just we just waiting on which one who's who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna say yes first.
0: Right on. Right on. So to, to, before we uh, let you go, talk about uh, the Sundance experience. Sundance experience was <clears throat> incredible.
2: But like I because it was virtual, it probably like
0: oh, right.
2: a bit muted because once it went to virtual, I'm broke. So I was like, I said, I got go to work. So I just like I told my job, I'm not going to go work. I'm not going to work these two weeks. I'm, I'm going to Utah. And then when it moved to virtual, I was like, well, never mind. So I worked, like, <laughs> like, like the whole festival. So I tried to keep, jump awesome. in when I could. I tried to jump when I could. So my experience during the festival was a bit up and down because I had, like, I, um, yeah, I had, had, had things, I had things I had to do. I had to work. But getting in was amazing. Meeting people was amazing. There was little meetups in L.A. that happened that was amazing. It was just a great I guess it's good to feel like the world recognizes your work, you know? Like, there's that weird thing of, like, no one validates me. But then when it happens, you're like, well, actually, maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It's such a a weird, like, weird dynamic looking for your internal strength and then also knowing that when – when people who have money or you're able to break into Hollywood, when they when Hollywood says, Oh, this is good. We kinda like you. This is an up and comer. Hollywood says, this is an up-and-comer to pay attention to. You're kind of like, huh? Yeah, I am. So it's both yeah.
1: gratifying
2: and incredible. And I feel honored and grateful that like it got in. Um, I didn't know it was going. On. So I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just happy and grateful that the people the people who did work on my short I'm happy for them because I feel like they get to have a little bit like I worked on this short and it got in a Sundance has a because a lot of people worked for free so yeah. <laughs> there's a good amount of yeah. people everyone people worked for free so they're trusting that I am like the person who are supporting Vic knows what he's doing and that he's that he's like gifted enough. To like do something, and so I'm happy that they get to have something. Great. So I, I, it was it was an experience in that way.
0: Well, I just have to say again because you know it's my nature yes. that you gave and they received, and they gave and you received. It's a mutual. Right. It's a collaboration. I need yeah. you to learn how to not feel. Indebted to people the way in which you do because that's what we were taught, you know, way back I do, when. I do struggle feeling indebted to people. I, yeah, I do. I do. Struggle and so I, I want to constantly reframe that for our communities that we don't have to be endlessly indebted. We've given a lot. We show up a lot. We've done a right. lot. And so when we receive, we get to receive. And we get to receive without feeling like we have to give it back, do back, do twice as much. So I want you to you got enough pressure on you with how you're going to blow up and what that's going to look like. So, yeah, I need you to not feel as indebted. You are deserving. And I wish we wish nothing but the best for you. You know how much I love you. Yeah, I love you, too. Comes from the heart, brother. So, you know, I say we do this every six months. See where you are. Figure out what's going on. <laughs>
2: I'm with it. I'm always with it.
0: Right on. We'll stay in touch. Keep me abreast of what's going on, and we'll We'll be reaching out to you. Okay? Okay. Great to see you, Vic. Thank you. Bye.
1: JD and I want to thank our fabulous producers at I Am Music Group. And for all of you out there who want to do your own podcast, go to IAMmusicgroup.com and the team will hit you back.
0: Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Change the Narrative with J.D. Fuller.